Are you doing theme music? I am. Oh, she's prepared. I am. Oh? So, I would ask for your help, but it's very much like a beat. Oh, okay. So, I think I might do it myself. Go for it. We'll see how this goes. Okay. Um... Come down to the pod that don't exist. We might just have a great little twist of how the world might not be all that it might seem. Come and see if you are right about what goes a bump in the night and have a laugh, a bundle of fun with two best friends of yours. Wow! <laughs> we can never top that. I'm oh, sorry. Thank I'm you. Done. We have our own sea shanty now. Thanks, Unless friend. somebody sends us. A version of the lyrics that Haley made up. Oh, yes. Maybe that'll become, like, the official one that Liam, like... Yeah, Liam, get on it. Here, Liam? I, he doesn't. I, I say get on it, but I actually need to send... He asked me to send him stuff, and oh. I still haven't. <laughs> Jeez, Emma. Sorry. But thank you. Wow. We, I love a sea shanty. I know, me too. I was so I was so proud of it. Remember that, everybody? Remember when that was a moment? But now... <laughs> Remember that part of the pandemic? But now... In season three of the Panini, it's 2022. Woo woo! And who are you? Oh, I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. Um, and welcome to this podcast doesn't exist. We jumped right in. Into the new year. Woo 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 woo! Whoop! Hopefully it's happening. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Such optimism to kick us off. Yeah, to kick flip us hey, off. We kicked off with such a dope song, so it's gonna be great. I'm so, We're manifesting this energy for all of you and all of us. Absolutely. This year. I almost said this holiday season, but the holiday season will be over by the time you hear this. Unless you celebrate year-round, which... That's I true. Mean, or, no, no, no. Technically, isn't it? Isn't the 12 days of Christmas up till, like, January 6th? 7th or something, yeah. Something but when is like, this coming out? Uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, great. So it's still the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. Technically the holidays. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, and um, we're two best friends. We like talking about crazy things. And we both like sea shanties, so I'm pretty proud of that. If you're new to us, as the year is to you, go ahead and go over to our website at thispodcastdoesnexist.com. Dot com. Thank you. Um, And you can write us a little note at thispodcastdoesnexist.com. No, slash what? (laughs) I've gotten all it'll, my mixed up. It'll go directly it'll to It'll go directly email. to us. You don't need to know yeah. our Gmail. No. It's on it's there. It's all there. It's a form. It's a, it's a one-stop shop. You got your socials. You got your reviews. You got your episodes. You got cute little graphics. Everything is there, including our bingo card, which I think you might want to pull out oh. for this ep. Should I play? Um, if you feel like it, I'm wondering... Just how many we might hit. My expectation is that our tangents might hit more. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? You're welcome, yes. folks. So, Shannon's going to play today. All right. Well, I don't necessarily have any, like, intros or clues for you, so I'm sorry. I'm very, I'm, I thought we were going one way, but then you sang me a sea shanty. Mm-hmm. And I, is it Vikings? No. <laughs> okay. Um, but something they may have encountered. Ghosts? So we're going to buckle into that ship because we're he- headed back to Scandinavia today. Boo-boo-boo. Like Shannon sent us to last week, if you listened to our Christmas Eve episode. That's so true. let's crack in into it. <gasps> 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 
Yes, ma'am. She's wearing a shirt that has Kraken on it, guys. That's yes. what that sound was. That I'm visible wearing, bit. I'm wearing my Yorktown, Virginia, release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. I got dressed up today. I'm going to count that as mythical creatures. I would. Random singing. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So, the Kraken is a legendary sea monster whose first appearance is within Scandinavian folklore. Norse sagas put the home of the Kraken off the coasts of Norway and Greenland, and as these were sea-dependent nations, it made sense for the Kraken to sit right between them for optimal sailor eating. Nom nom nom. Remember to eat, friends. Yeah. Even within your New Year's resolutions. Food is good. Food is fuel. Food is neither good nor bad. It is simply fuel. Thank you for coming to our podcast. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Our Theodore Talk. All Theodore discussion. All Theodore. The usual size of the Kraken varies in stories, as does its appearance, so we'll go chronologically-ish. In the earliest descriptions of the creature, the Kraken appeared crab-like with articulated limbs and is anywhere from, quote, an English mile and a half in circumference, end quote, which is apparently about 1.3 miles, to the length of 10 ships, which is very unspecific. Like, that's a humongous thing. But also, like, the fact that it's an articulated limb and not, like, the tentacles that we're used to thinking about. But, like, can you imagine that, like, almost mechanically... Sailors would claim that when it was seen at a distance on the surface, the whole thing looked like a chain of islands which would appear and suddenly vanish, which makes me think of something closer to Nessie than what we think of the Kraken today. Or a serpent. Yeah, some kind of sea serpent. The characteristics, too, were more of what we know of whales, as they did not drag down ships in earlier stories. The, quote, fish would appear as an island, the sailors would take refuge on it, and the kraken would sink down below the waves, taking the sailors with it. It was also described as basically chumming the waters for fish to feast on with, like, vomit and poop, which is delightfully disgusting. Right. Um, Which meant that fishermen could net a lot of fish by casting nets above the kraken. They had to be careful, though. The collection of jellyfish, other surfacing sea creatures, and gurgling bubbles from below would only last so long before the kraken came up to eat the fish and potentially take the ship with it. Mm. Very Greek mythology, the, like, pretending to be an island. Yeah. So that people step on you. And then you can just do what you want. This feeding and physical description comes from an old Norwegian natural history work called, and I'm doing my best, Königs Skugstja? Thanks for the bingo card. You're welcome. I'm sorry. It was written in 1250. The author claims there must be only two creatures of this kind in existence, as the beast was only ever sighted in the same part of the Greenland Sea and didn't seem to increase in number. Which, I'm not sure how you... I'm like, yeah, so there's one. How do you know there's two? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Another work, the old Icelandic saga Orvar Oder, outlines these two monsters in more detail. 
The characters of the saga are bound for Baffin Island off the north coast of Canada, which they called Heluland. The creatures residing in the Greenland Sea are spotted by these sailors. These sea monsters were called Hofgufa, or, quote, sea mist, who was the mother of all sea monsters, and Lingbakar, or heatherback, also known as fieldback. Hafgufa is closer to what we know of the Kraken today, as it stayed mostly beneath the surface, thought to swallow men and ships and whales, it being itself the largest whale in the world. The Lingbakar was more like the initial monster as before, where it would appear as an island and then sink to the bottom of the ocean with sailors and their ships on its back. The thought was that they worked in tandem. The Hafgufa would wait below for the Lingbakar to sink beneath the waves with their dinner. The only appearance above the water of Hafgufa was her nose, which looked like two rocks which you could pass through in a ship with ease. So she just stick her little nose up. They also almost always refer to her as a she. Well, misogyny. What a surprise <laughs> to see you here in a historical tale. Or they thought she was just so powerful. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sort of respect. I mean, they do the same thing with ships where they like, I think everything at sea because they're all men, they're lusting after everything. So everything's a girl. Some homo? Maybe. Look, I've watched Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) I have thoughts and feelings and opinions. In later descriptions, the kraken took on the appearance of other cephalopods with tentacles rather than articulated limbs, looking more like an octopus depicted with spikes on its suckers to better pierce prey. Which is, like, disgusting to think about. That's so weird. Its size was large enough to wrap its arms around a warship and pull it down to the bottom, according to Eric Pontopidian, who was a bishop of Bergen, in his book, quote, The First Attempt at a Natural History of Norway in 1752. And I respect that he named it an attempt. He's like, hey. I'm just out here trying. I'm out here trying. Uh, That's the equivalent of going into an audition and being like, just so you know, I'm recovering from a cold, so I might sound a little froggy. This is just an attempt. This is not an end-all be-all. I'm just trying. I'm trying. And and that is what we all should be doing in the new year. Right? Just trying. Just do your best. Do your best. And your best is enough. You are enough. Amen. You're so enough. Amen. You didn't think you were going to get this. You were like, I'm here for sea monsters, baby. Too bad. You're also getting therapy. Validation. Drink water. Please. Thanks. The word kraken comes from the Old Norse verb at kraka, which means to drag downward. And the noun form krakai refers to boat hooks and anchors, which are reminiscent of grabbing and dragging. The word and the current description of the kraken coincide with the idea that the kraken grabs and drags its prey down rather than just coming up to swallow it as the hafgufa would have done. Pontopidian describes the danger of the kraken to not only be the possibility of being caught and dragged down to the bottom, but also to be sunk by the massive whirlpools that the creature created on its way back down to the bottom of the ocean. A ship could get caught in this immense suction and be forced to sink. Which sounds terrifying, but also reminds me of the Odyssey with those like whirlpools that they encounter. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Side note, the Kraken is also potentially guarding the gates of the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> Did you get another bingo? Yeah, I'm really close. Oh, wow. That's really quick. <laughs> oh, golly. Don't tell me what the other one is. I won't. So though the Kraken is well described in text, the actual recorded encounters with it are very slim. A malacologist... God bless you. What? A malacologist. That's what it is. <laughs> a malacologist. A is the thing to say. So what, what is a, a what you call it? It's a scientist of invertebrates of the mollusk variety. Oh, okay. So his name was... <laughs> My brain was like, why not call it an octopologist? But he studies more than just octopi. <laughs> yes. In 1802, uh, he was called Pierre-Denis de Montfort, or Montferro, or whatever it is in French, because they don't pronounce the end of the T, whatever. Um, he wrote in his encyclopedic description of mollusks, the Kraken octopus, as described by sailors, whalers, and even Pliny the Elder, and the colossal octopus, reported to have attacked a vessel off the coast of Angola on the west coast of southern Africa. So he had both of these in his encyclopedia. He also claimed that 10 British warships that had disappeared one night in 1782 must have been attacked by these colossal octopi, but this claim was discounted by a survivor from one of the ships. The fleet was lost in a hurricane off the coast of Newfoundland. Um, Rather than... Sea monsters. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Or he could have lied. I mean... Maybe he made a bargain. He might have. Money is money. With, oh, uh, <gasps> oh you mean I'm with like not... David Jones? Well, yeah, with the Kraken. Like, she held him in her little tentacle. And she was like, don't know what about this and I'll let you live. He was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, madam. <laughs> Whatever you say, Misty. Yes, my queen. In 1848, a ship called Daedalus encountered what they claimed was a monster that was at least 60 feet long, which is about the length of a bowling lane, which I didn't realize it really was that long. Oh, that's shorter than I was thinking. Right, but when you're looking down a bowling lane, you're looking at it from the front and not from the side. Yeah, imagine something coming from back there and going... That's how long it is. Oh, I don't like that. That sounds like an episode of Supernatural. Oh, nah. Like a dark bowling alley. Mm. Yeah, I don't like but that. But bowling alleys aren't underwater. No. Except for the one on the Titanic. Was there a bowling alley on the Titanic? I don't know, but I feel like there should be. I can't look it up while the books are under your laptop right Oh, I'm now. so sorry. It's okay. I feel like that's something you would have remembered. I know they had a swimming pool. I I don't know. In response, the man who invented the word dinosaur, Sir Richard Owen, said that the crew probably just saw a seal. (laughs) The captain of the Daedalus was not pleased and was basically like, I've been on this ocean most of my life and I know what a freaking seal looks like. Yeah, bro. (laughs) Don't gaslight me about my experiences like seriously the captain was like i saw this i know what a seal look you weren't even on the boat at least say oh you you saw a whale like whales are large right 
the biggest seal can't be that much bigger, right? I or like yeah. a walrus. I know they're not the same, but they they're the same but kind like, of shape. Yeah, the shape or like manatees or something like that, like, where it's like as big as a, so- as a sofa, maybe. Right. That's not sixty feet. No. So like, and especially if you're on a boat, you know how big your boat is. I'm on a boat. <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> uh. A throwback. Owen had dismissed similar claims before this instance as well of other sailors being like, I saw this thing. And he was like, you saw a seal or something else because he didn't believe that anything that large could be in the ocean. This man made the word dinosaur. Right. Yeah. What makes you think that there's not something bigger in the ocean? He's like, T-Rex checks out. Ocean, tiny. Tiny things only. Yep. I don't. I don't know. The Seems cr- like a real dick move. Because his name's Richard. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was like, Ocean Moby Dick? <laughs> oh! No, I just, yeah, nicknames. Ha ha. <laughs> Alright, carry on. Good, thank you. The Kraken, however, is not singular in her existence. Although she is best known, she has sisters across the globe. Ah! Like Big Bird. Like, I was just about to say that. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Like Big Bird. Get out of here, goofball. In Japan's northernmost island, Hokkaido, the legend of Atkoro Komui persists in Ainu folklore. She supposedly is a giant octopus-like monster lo- lurking in the Uchuria Bay and is about 390 feet long. Wowie, gazowie. She's the biggest of the sisters. Her nature as an octopus-like creature makes her persistent, and if you are captured by her, she is relentless with her grasp. Regardless, she is known as a benevolent minor kami, a spirit venerated in the Shinto religion with the ability to heal and bestow knowledge. Oh, cool. In the Bahamas, there is Luska, said to roam the region of the blue holes near Andros. These are basically sea sinkholes. They're like really deep, deep blue. You can see like how deep blue they are at the top um, because they're so deep. Mm-hmm. And then like there's a surrounding rock bed around them. I'll show you a picture later, but they are honestly terrifying to think about. But they're really deep water, like just a sinkhole in the middle of the ocean, basically. Mm-hmm. The Luska is either a giant octopus, a giant cuttlefish, or a half-dragon, half-octopus hybrid. Yo! Yeah, that one feels dope. This creature clocks in at over 75 feet long, so it's closer to the possible kraken length. It is also known to terrorize and attack swimmers and divers in the Caribbean, and although many now think that it could be a giant octopus as the culprit... Some still believe that Luska is waiting in the depths to catch them unawares. Ancient Greece also had their own sea monster to contend with, which is probably the one Pliny the Elder would have written about later on. This was Cetus, famously slain by Perseus to save Andromeda in Greek myth. But this creature may have been more of a sea dragon than a sea monster, as it had a head alone measuring in at 40 feet and spines down its back and a fan-like tail. So scary. (laughs) Its its head was 40 feet. It's terrifying. Mm -mm. 
Of course, this creature, octopus, dragon, sea monster, whatever it is, doesn't just appear in legends and myth, but permeates our popular culture today. Mm -hmm. In 1830, Alfred Tennyson wrote an irregular sonnet called The Kraken, and I will do a reading for you now. Below the thunders of the upper deep, far, far beneath in the abysmal sea, his ancient dreamless uninvaded sleep, the kraken sleepeth. Faintest sunlights flee about his shadowy sides, above him swell huge sponges of millennial growth and height, and far away in the sickly light, from many a wondrous grot and secret cell, unnumbered and enormous polypi, winnow with giant arms the slumbering green. There hath he lain for ages, and will lie, battening upon huge sea-worms in his sleep, until the latter fire shall heat the deep. Then once by man and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise, and on the surface die. All right. It's pretty, but I don't really understand most of it. <laughs> I'd have to do my whole English Please majoring. Please turn in a three-page Just... analysis to this podcast doesn't exist at gmail.com. Ooh. By if, midnight. <laughs> if, you, if you do, I will definitely read and grade those. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I will so do that. Now I want to go through and do like a poetry dissection of it. Well, that can be for the Patreon. Right? <laughs> School alert. Our side podcast. Nerd alert! The Kraken appears in Moby Dick in chapter 59, The Squid. She also appears in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, both of which make sense. The Kraken could have been the inspiration for H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu from 1928, who has an octopus-like face, who also then inspired Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Davy Jones. Davy Jones. The Kraken makes an appearance as the pet of Davy Jones in this franchise and uses its size to take boats and sailors below for its master. There is a new Seattle hockey team called the Seattle Kraken and they obviously chant release the Kraken from the Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Amazing. Which now I really want to go. Let's go. We'll visit my grandma. Yes. Mimi, we're coming for you. Um, we're going to a hockey game. I hope, I hope you don't mind. We're going to be screaming in the stands. <laughs> she can't hear us. That's true. <laughs> and of course, there's Kraken Rum, which interestingly oh. is a Caribbean thing. So I feel like it should actually be called Luska. But like, Maybe I get... they just went for the more... Generalized Kraken. The more popular, the more... Well-known. trying to say? Yeah. That. She is more well-known. So, there are thoughts. We're in the theories now. We have entered the theory realm. There are thoughts. There are some thoughts. I have them. You have them. We all have them. Hopefully. Mm. There are thoughts that the bubbling water collection of fish and jellyfish that the ancient Nordic sailors experienced were actually instances of volcanic activity underneath mm. the water's surface, mm -hmm. which would be very common for the area. It wouldn't necessarily produce a creature description, but it could have d produced a possible whirlpool explanation or the thing that looked like land but actually sank below the water with tectonic plates mm -hmm. shifting. Um, it could have produced with the plates shifting the kind of suction needed in order to drag boats down below the water. And if you have been at sea for a while, maybe you're 
dehydrated, tired. Mm -hmm. Not enough. uh, Scurvy. Yeah, not enough vitamin C. I don't know if that affects your mental health, but. I'm sure it does. It'd be a bummer if your gums were like bleeding or whatever. Well, and if you're that far up uh, in like, you know, the world, the sunlight that you get might not be all that often because of the like night. uh, Depending on the time of year, yeah. Yeah, so just, you know. You might be a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Other sea creatures like whales, dolphins, and other animals that at a distance could appear as something else, like land, may be responsible for the stories sailors would tell of the kraken that looked like land from afar or movement around or against the boats as if something was trying to attack them. Because it might not be, you know, something large. It might be... A pod of whales or something that were close to the surface. You were surface. Just getting beat up by dolphins. Right. <laughs> of course, there is one theory that stands above the rest. The giant squid. Ba, ba, ba. Giant squids are very real and have been photographed as recently as 2019, but their habitat and habits leave some questions. Giant squid can go up to a max of about 43 feet. But only the females. The males can go up to a length of 33. So, (laughs) neener, neener. Without its tentacles, the head and arms of the largest potential giant squid could be 16 feet. Which is just a lot of squid to think about. Because the tentacles aren't necessarily like the, you know... They're like the long, long things that like are, it's are like, I don't, I don't know how to better describe You'll see on the Instagram what I'm talking about. There's a diagram. There's a diagram. But like, she big. They sit at depths of anywhere between 980 to 3,280 feet below the ocean, which is a large amount of space. They are rare in tropical and polar oceans staying near Newfoundland, Norway, Britain, Spain, and the islands of the South and North Pacific. So, like, she's everywhere, but she's also, like, really just smack in the middle of the world. Like, you know, she doesn't go right into the middle. She doesn't go, you know, on the poles. She just is like, I'm going to sit around, like, the comfy spots, and we good. What you laughing at? I'm not laughing. I'm just very not good. Oh. Okay, keep telling me scary stuff. Okay. Finding specimens is hard, however, as no one has caught a giant squid alive. Good. (laughs) Instead, the specimens that we do have come from being washed up dead on the shore or being retrieved from the bellies of dead sperm whales. These strandings could be why ancient Norse locals thought that their craggy sea was awash with fearsome creatures. Okay, imagine, though. You're just going down to the beach... Maybe you're going to look for some fish, some meditative walking, and then ka Giant squid. I just... I, what? I'm trying to... Because, you, you know, you see, like, beached whales. Like, the, that's scary because it's, it's a massive thing. Right. But, like, whales come up to the surface and, like, you know, eat things. And so you might have seen, like, potentially could have seen a whale at some point. Right. 
this thing lives at the basically at the bottom of the ocean. You have never seen this thing before in your life. Of course no. it's a monster. Yeah. It's an absolute monster. Yeah. And it's got, like, all these tentacles and stuff. Like, that's just... Do you think they ever tried to eat it? Like, I can't imagine why not. Uh, like, unless it was, like, gross. Like, because if it's, if it's washed up well, on shore, it's probably recently. been yeah. dead for a while enough to, like, rise to the surface. We don't know. And... Maybe they go to the surface to die. We don't know. Because we don't see I them. Don't. I don't know. But just imagine, like, picture the normal size of calamari. <laughs> and then just... <laughs> Like a giant. It's just, it looks like, like a gigantic. Yeah, I was just like, about to say that. <laughs> Everyone takes a side. <laughs> it just goes on the instead top of the table. Instead of the table of nachos where you just cover the whole table in tinfoil, it's just one giant calamari. Right. Fried calamari. Sorry to any vegetarians in the audience. Sorry, guys. Actual footage of the giant squid was finally captured in 2006 by American explorer and diver Scott Castle in the Gulf of California. boy, Scott! Also a modern explorer, but the only thing that's left to explore is the ocean. And I'm not about it. <laughs> the giant squid is, however, not a predator of anything larger than itself. In fact, it is the prey of sperm whales, which is why we find them in the bellies. It would have no reason to attack anything large, let alone come to the surface for most anything. There really is, it doesn't feed off of anything at the surface, anything like that. There's really no reason for it to come up. But it could have been the same size as an ancient ship, as they are often, they were often no longer than 60 feet at most. Because, you know, you can't really build an enormous ship mm -hmm. at that, you know, during the ancient times. There is also the possible discovery of an ancient giant cephalopod that, would, that could have been responsible for the deaths of ichthyosaurs during the Triassic period. And it would have clocked in at about twice the size of a giant squid. This, however, has been disputed by most paleontologists. Okay. There is an article, however, in Nature about it, um, and it was very interesting. So, um, that's the Kraken. You're welcome. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think it's a giant squid? Because I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it, whatever it is. <laughs> I saw, uh, I think it was a tweet recently, something, doesn't matter, an internet thing that was like, y'all can't tell me there isn't something down there. Because NASA went from being super interested in what was into the ocean to just not looking into the ocean at all. <gasps> Wait, And like really? just going to space. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. I think. I mean, it's internet, so Yeah, I know. But like, but like, you know who would know? Sven. Sven would know. Yeah. What's the? Can I know what the what the last uh, one that you need in order to get bingo is? Oh, I have two. Oh. No, I have three. Oh, guys, she's so close. Maybe you so, shouldn't tell me. Yeah, maybe no. I just want to let it. Maybe I'll happen natural. I'll tell you after we when we're off the air. All right, that's fine. But, I, like on one hand, I'm like sh people should go to the bottom of the ocean because that's how we found. 
the Titanic. Yes, yes. Which but, should be on the bingo card, but isn't. But also, I mean, it's it's a famous case mentioned, but I'm not going to say it, count it, because I brought it up both times, because it's me. <laughs> but also, no, let's not. <laughs> Leave the ocean alone. Let her keep her secrets. Yes, seriously. I'm not... I, uh, I'm not about it. I am not... I, I just... I don't even like swimming. Like, I don't even like being wet. When you like, can see the bottom. There's no reason to keep looking. There's... No, it's just... It doesn't feel comfy when you can't see the bottom. Because you don't know. There could be a jellyfish. There could be a shark. There could be a giant sea monster. Terrifying. Or if you're in Lake well, Lanier, there could be a body. And I mean, like, the animals or the fish that are down there... Are terrifying to look at. Yeah. Because all of them need enormous eyes and then they have no color or pigment in their like skin because they don't need it in the dark. Yeah. And it's just terrifying. Well, isn't isn't the size of a giant squid's eye like a dinner plate or something? Yeah, that's like the the estimated size. It's uh, just like in movies, I hate that when it'll be like yeah, no the thank you. is there. You're dead. You're dead. You're in a submarine. You're going to die. It's your coffin now. Good thing it's small. Oh, oh. nope. You gotta go. It's your coffin now. It is. You won't catch me in a submarine. No freaking way, man. No thank you. I don't even, even if they were like, if, if someone called me up right now, if James Cameron called me and was like, Shannon... The Titanic is disappearing. You are getting an all-expense-paid. We're going to fly you to Canada or wherever to get on the boat and go down in the submarine to see it before it's gone. I'll be like, thank you so much, Mr. Cameron. Uh, respectfully, heck no. <laughs> heck no. I mean, I, I guess I would go and, like, sit on the boat and then yeah, that pe- was... other people could go down in the death trap. Yeah. Not me. That's what I was just about Woo! to say. I was like, you would go, but you wouldn't go in the submarine. Yeah, I'd be, like, watching the little monitor. Yeah. Like, Which Paxton. I feel like that's totally fair. Ooh. I am not, I am already not a small spaces person. One of my, like, I have had nightmares where literally I get stuck in like an air duct or like why were you in an air hole. duct? I don't know. Are you a spy? I probably. Um, or like in a hole, like in a cave where I have to like get through like the smallest uh, spot. Uh, it freak. No. It is one of my biggest nightmares. You should definitely not watch The Descent. No, I know. You've already told me. <laughs> I am already not I watching that. Very bog. <laughs> I'm already not watching that. It's just the idea of being stuck. And having no way of getting out. Like, I don't know if that's called... Like, I don't know... That's not necessarily claustrophobia. Because it's not like I get claustrophobic in, like, an elevator. Or anything like that. But it's like... I don't know. The fear of being stuck is so sickening to me. And that, I think, is what I would feel in a submarine. And not in the fun RuPaul drag race way. Sickening. (laughs) That's a positive thing. I thought you were going to give me another vocab word and it was going to be stuck. I was like, what is that? <laughs> no. Sickening. Sickening. If you're sickening. You make everyone sick and then they gag, darling. Oh, okay. So it's like, it's a good thing. Yeah. I, good I've thing. watched enough Drag Race by now to understand it. But yeah, not about, not about being in the ocean. Also, it just, 
it's still, I would rather go to space. Yeah, that's a lot for me. Sven? Ooh, like, wait, though. Oh, now I need people, that remind me, I need to make this the poll. Put a poll on the okay. Instagram. Would you rather go to space or to the bottom of the ocean? Oof. It's space. Space. <laughs> the answer I would is- I would rather leave this planet the then answer, go to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, well, for me, the answer is death. I'm not, <laughs> picking. <laughs> I'm not picking. I refuse. The option is kill me. Like Just murder me. I'm going to die either way. Knowing my luck? You joking? Oh, no. No, thank you. Mm-mm. I don't even think I'd be allowed to go either place as a diabetic. As a diabetic? No, probably not. i got to stay at this altitude. <laughs> You're like, I could go to Denver. <laughs> like, that's as far up as I can go. <laughs> just like, just like the Kraken stays in that middle band. Yep. I gotta stay in this, this middle. You can't go any deeper, so you can't go Caribbean. You can't go any higher, I mean, so I you could can't. go to the Caribbean if I wanted to. <laughs> I just wouldn't go in the water. Uh, uh, I also just don't like being sticky and warm. I don't like, yeah. Humidity. I don't like being wet. Like, any kind of moisture. Just like you know how when you you're wearing socks and you step in like when Penny like drinks her water and it like drips everywhere and you just all of a sudden step in a little mini puddle of water in your socks. It's the most uncomfortable feeling, but like that all over my body. I hate it. Well, thanks for toughing it out and showering every once in a while. You're welcome. That's why I don't like baths, because it's, like, in stasis. I don't like them because I get sweaty. Oh, that's fair. The part of me that's not in the water, I'm like, I can't. But I that I don't mind a hot tub, because a hot tub's usually outside. And so your, like, top so half is, top like, cool. the top of you is, like, chill. Yeah. That's fair. Well, thanks for joining us today, friends. We hope you have a very happy beginning of your new year. Welcome to 2022. Tell us how it is so that we can, you know, maybe avoid it if we need to. I don't know. What do you hope happens in your season three of the pandemic? I'm waiting on the writers to come through. I mean, yeah. Come on. If you haven't, if you didn't start that thing that you said at the beginning of the pandemic, you were going to start. Maybe you start now to make bread. Maybe you start learning that language. You can cross stitch. You can... You know, write a novel. Yeah, you've got the time now, Learn my a friends. TikTok dance. Yeah, <laughs> tag us. Let us know. Does it exist? We believe in you. Baseline, just like we believe in yeah. you. Whatever it we is that you go out to in do. The Kraken, but we believe in you. Amen. And remember, this podcast doesn't exist. Bye. Boom, 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 boom